Are you a professional optimized business? Time to look at Northern Peugeot Bandura to further professionalize your fleet with their updated commercial van range. The team at Northern Peugeot Bandura can help customize your fleet to your business needs. Stock arriving now, so secure your van and beat the rush before the end of financial year madness. Visit northernpeugeot.com.au or call 9119-9008. TNC Supply. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Hello and welcome to another edition of the State of Our Football Nation here on FNR. I'm Pekua Frimpong. I'm in the studio by myself this week, but it doesn't mean we're going to miss out on any of the fabulous thoughts from George Zanikian. George, I know you're, you're, in the, you're somewhere else, but you're still with us today. How are you feeling? About the show this afternoon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. In, I'm with you in spirit and via via Zoom, able to uh, leap from Port Melbourne to the studios <laughs> of FNR and Docklands. And we're delighted, of course, to have a very special guest, and he'll be with us for the opening half hour. I'm talking about a man who uh, was one of the co-founders of Sports and Entertainment Intelligence and Measurement Agency, a, a company called Repucom International, which was acquired way back in 2016 by that global research and data company everyone knows about called Nielsen Holdings. And during his time, what people, very few people know is that during his time at Repucom and as the global managing director at Nielsen, he advised a host of major brands and sporting bodies. We're talking about some of the biggest companies in the world, Pepsi, Emirates, the airline I'm talking about, MasterCard, Red Bull, the NBA, the NBL, uh, the English Premier League, and a host of professional sports franchises. And what did he talk to them about? How to maximize their returns on sports marketing initiatives that they were all involved in. And then, of course, we saw him uh, basically, uh, pe- uh, what is it, pull, pull stumps and come back to Australia from overseas and took up the role, of course, of CEO at Sydney FC. And during that time, under his reign at Sydney FC, the A-League club won 11 trophies across the both the A-League men's, the women's, and, of course, the youth. Uh, and I, I suppose if you think of it, it was one of the club's most successful periods, especially on the pitch. But he was also very, very quick to secure the club's financial sustainability. And uh, he did it with a host of infrastructure projects off the pitch. And uh, a little little while after that, he realised that the, uh, the, the scene and the marketplace in Australia was changing. He had heard about the imminent arrival. He may well have had a big hand in the arrival of a new player called the APL, the Australian Professional Leagues, which, of course, runs the game now. And he transitioned into that thing called the CEO. Please make him very welcome. Long intro, but most important to set the scene. Danny Townsend, good to have you with us. Yeah, thanks, George. Uh, thanks, Bacall. Good to see you guys. Uh, r- remarkable time. Fantastic background. And and it tells me that you not only love your sport, you've always looked at making success for all those business entities that wanted to pick your brains. Yeah, look, absolutely. I'm a sports lover. I always have been. And, and you know, since my time playing the game um, through to, to working in the industry, I was lucky enough to do both um, and spend, as you say, a, a best part of 15 years of my, my working career in, in Europe, North America and, and Asia. And, Getting back to Australia to to have the privilege of running Sydney FC for five years and then on to 
um, hoping to to build the 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 game here into the heights that we know it can get to. Now you you haven't had too much free air in that first year. There were problems galore. Um, the FA had just moved across and taken over its new space, leaving the room for you guys to to start managing the Australian professional leagues. That is the the A League men's, the women's. Um, are we going to see a, a youth setup that is worthy and and allow us to to see so much more? of some of this exciting young talent that Pakur keeps talking about in the Liberty Women's um, and that we're starting to see creep into the A-League men's and thrill us with some uh, truly uh, amazing talent. Yeah, look, I think the youth development pathways are really starting to to produce um, the talent that we all want to see on the pitch. You know, you, you see um, both in the men's and women's competition, the average age of our players is getting younger and younger because that investment our clubs are making in youth development is is delivering um, on the pitch at the highest level. So, you know, the Irankundas, the the Quals, you know, there's a the long, long list of, of players on, on the men's side, but, you know, on, on the women's side, they just get younger and younger and better and better, and it's just so great to watch. But, you know, when you talk about the A-League youth competition, we, we've sort of been clear that, what what was there beforehand, which was an eight-game season, was just not fit for purpose. And yep. our view has always been the the summer competition for our youth talent is really important. And how that orientates now with, you know, the potential of a national second division um, is something we're keeping a close eye on. Well, you've you've given us a hint that there are new fields to conquer. You've uh, brought back one of the grand old names called Canberra, the Australian <laughs> capital. And you're going to uh, thrill us with the idea of, uh, you know, introducing an A-League men's team. They've had a tremendously competitive women's side there for quite some time. And, of course, we're hearing that there's the introduction of, dare I say it, another New Zealand crew from across the ditch. But it won't be Wellington. It's Auckland on the beautiful harbour uh, over there near the shaky isles. Um, uh, is there hope and an idea that, you know, we don't leave the AFL alone to shake the apple isle with uh, exciting news? They're five years away from introducing a club. Are, are you uh, shrewd enough to cut them off at the pass? Oh, look, I think, you know, we've got to do what's right for our sport, not... No, no, I know, but... What others I, are doing, I, but, but I think, you know, the expansion process that we've gone through is around delivering A-League elite football for men and women and youth into un, um, you know, un, un-sort of delivered areas. And, you know, Auckland's crying out for, for elite football there. It's the biggest city in Australia and New Zealand without a without a professional football team. And um, Canberra's obviously got the anomaly of having a women's team, but not a men's, and we want to close that. That's right, that's um, right. But look, you know, a lot of that is also about infrastructure and having the appropriate stadium to play at. And I, I made it clear on in the media on the back of the Albanese government annou- um, announcement of of the development of, of um, Macquarie Point was about, you know, having that uh, be able to serve rectangular sports um, if it's going to be suitable for an A-League, um, A-League team in Tasmania. So we're yet to hear whether that will be the case, but that will be key on in, in us considering, considering Tasmania for an A-League licence. You know, there's a young there's a young APL a commentator uh, by the name of Pakua Frimpong who's had a pretty exciting season. All I've heard, all I've heard every week, Danny, 
is the uh, the serious ch- uh, talent that keeps emerging and surprising us. And uh, dare I say it, she's just about picked the entire winning final series, um, despite my best efforts to throw her off the scent. Yes. So um, uh, I think she's got a couple of questions for you as well. Uh, Pakura, it's all I, yours. I, I wanted to ask Danny in terms of, the, the obviously the age keeps going down if, in the competition and the men's and the women's has always had a lot of young crop of players coming in. Do you think that's the position that the uh, the A-Leagues ultimately ends up in and it's their area of growth, of finding their place in the game and not trying to potentially compete with the big leagues in Europe, but finding its spot of having younger group of talent, developing them and then going on from there? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it is a balance though, right? I think you've got to maintain, um, you know, the the big names that come into this this uh, this league, whether they be ex-Matildas or ex-Socceroos who are returning to Australia after, a, you know, a decorated career abroad um, or, or young talent that's coming through the ranks or and a bit in between all that. And I think we've struck a pretty good balance over the years. But I do believe that, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed about being a development league. I would argue that every league in the world is a development league except for the Premier League because yeah. every player probably wants to end up there at some point in their career no matter where they're playing. So, you know, we, we need to develop talent um, for our national teams, both men, women and youth. That's a key focus for the APL and its clubs. But in doing that, we're going to put great talent in front of um, the Australian New Zealand public through the A-Leagues. The uh, EPL clearly is the biggest uh, sh- uh, shop front and uh, showcase spot in the world. There's no doubt about that. Uh, what have you made of the arrival of a thing called Ted Lasso on Apple uh, with the uh, next World Cup uh, coming up in the United States, Canada, and, of course, Mexico? Yeah, look, I think we spend a lot of time actually looking at the MLS because um, I, I, when I look at where we're at in our journey as, as a professional game, we're probably about 10 years behind where the MLS is. And, you know, they've been on a pretty meteoric rise over the last 10 years as football has become more and more popular and they've been able to really take advantage of similar foundational strengths that what we have here, you know, massive participation base, massive interest in football. Um, their, their challenge was they just weren't that connected to American football as in the MLS. We're the same. You know, we have 9 million Australians that will fill out a survey and say they love football, but we'll have 2 million of them that say they love the A-League. So we've got a big conversion opportunity to bring those 7 million football fans into the A-League, and if we can do that, then we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I want to ask, Danny, when you talk about that and obviously the growth pathways, um, is when we look at, is the players the kind of telling the story of the players the way in which you're going to get those uh, more viewers on it? Because how do you bridge the gap of that seven million people who love you know football overseas, but they don't love the A, they don't love or aren't engaged in the A League, or right haven't now? or haven't discovered it, or haven't yeah. discovered it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, that, that's ultimately the challenge. And there's not one single thing you can do. It's not a, a switch flicking exercise. You've got to. You've, you know, if you look at our digital strategy, the reason we've invested in Keep Up is yep. about you know creating a a honeypot that we can draw f- football fans into, and then and then serve them well in their A League's experience and their other football experiences. You know, we're not afraid. The reason why you go to Keep Up, you can see articles on the Premier League, is that that's all football. We don't we're not asking people to pick one team. If you're a Liverpool fan, I'm not asking you to park Liverpool and suddenly support the Melbourne Victory. I want you to support both. And and yeah. by serving them great content, you know, engaging with grassroots community football through a digital experience, 
is how we're going to win. You know, we are the youngest fan base of any code in the country, um, which means they're digital natives, and how we how we serve them digitally is going to be um, the, the the key to our success. You know, one of the great initiatives that really has shone this year, and I think Paku might might agree here, is the uh, all access pass. That has been just a terrific little window into telling some truly wonderful stories behind the scenes and taking yeah, us a, yeah. taking us and touching uh, uh, you know those families and the people and the players yeah look that's what people want to know right like yes the football purists and we all want to be entertained for the 90 minutes but it's around the 90 minutes that we really need to start bringing those stories to life and creating heroes and intrigue and and mystery around different t- players that may appear one way on the field but when you get behind the scenes they're very different in their private lives and you know we've seen an amazing amount of engagement across that series not just in the episodes themselves but then in the social um media area around that where the, the conversations are uh, are being started and and short formats or short form clips of that um are going viral like we saw with the Charlie Austin you know dressing room blow up those, <laughs> those things are, are compelling viewing and and yeah. great ways to bring in um, new fans to the A league you know, I was at the um, uh, end of season function for Melbourne City at the Grand Hyatt the other weekend and got a chance to listen to Simon Pierce talking about uh, the year uh, as he saw it, uh, some of the challenges that uh, we've had to, uh, to we've had to face and what what lies ahead. But one of the things that struck me, and I, I remembered this from the time that I listened to Ferran Soriano when he came for the City Group to say to them, listen, we're here, we're here for the long term. And uh, we're going to make uh, Melbourne City champions of Australia. And we're even going to aspire to be champions of Asia. So don't think we're here just for five minutes. And that was a few years ago now. And Simon reiterated that looking across the entire A-League, the the club with the youngest fan base that's growing at an extraordinary ra- rate is Melbourne City. They have some, you know, young boys and girls who who are the next generation of fans, and they're coming in now? Yeah, look, they, you know, they're moving their focus um, out to the east of Melbourne. I think was a smart thing to do. You know, you need to represent a geography um, in order to really ingratiate yourself into a community. And and I think that they've made some positive steps there. Obviously, on the pitch, they've been the benchmark. You know, three consecutive. Uh, Premier's plates, um, never been done before in the men's game. Ironically, first team to do it in the women's game was Sydney this year. <laughs> so, um, you know, both those two clubs um, in their respective competitions have been head and shoulders above the rest. Um, but, yeah, certainly off the pitch, City um, has taken its time to get going. But to your point, they're, they're, their audience is young. They're working really hard in the community. Um, and, and I think there are you know, good things to come there at that club. Uh, also, we, we've seen, Pakur and I have been thrilled to talk to Nick Montgomery from the beginning of the season and uh, also to Richard Peel. Uh, they, they are building something very special up there as well. Central's, Central Coast Mariners have had a season to remember. Yeah, they certainly have. You know, I think uh, credit to, to Monty and, and all the staff up there, Sean Millenkamp, uh, Richard Peel's come in and, and really uh, been a breath of fresh air, I think, up there. Yeah. Hasn't given them a belief um, on and off the field, and and it, it's it's flowing through into their football. They're a great team to watch, um, and and they're finishing the top two is no mean feat. Qualifying for Asia, um, yeah, fantastic achievement, and and still still more to come with the final series ahead of us. 
Go on, Pakua. I've just got to ask, Danny, you said um, a little bit earlier that the A-League would be 10, like around about 10 years behind the MLS in terms of in terms of the competition. I want to ask, does that cover the women's game as well? Because I, obviously women's football is in a different spot where it, it's obviously had a, a boom in the last few years and it's particularly in England with the England national team doing really well. Where do you see the women's game in their growth and how far behind do you see them for the rest of the world? I, I think you know our women's competitions at a very different level to our men's when you compare it globally. You know, it's safe to say that the A League women is in the top ten women's competitions in the world, if not top five. Um, you, sadly, we can't say that about our men, but we've clearly got you know, a much bigger competitive set um, on the men's side. So, you know, I, I think when we compare ourselves to um, the NWSL in in the US, uh, I, I think any of the players that, that I speak to who play both competitions say they're very similar. Um, you know, the difference in our in our environment is that we the same teams compete in both competitions, which that isn't the case in the US. It's a different model. Um, I like our model better, frankly. I think having the ability to leverage facilities for men's and women's programs and youth programs um, and have men's and women's compete against the same teams week in, week out, builds rivalries, but importantly enables us to do innovative things like our club championship, which, you know, we're the first league in the world to be able to sum the men's and the women's points together to crown the best uh, football club in this country. And that, that was an important step for us last year. Uh, we've got the uh, finals now, and uh, we've got a very exciting uh, grand final. We now know where it'll be. It'll be in Sydney. We, we still don't know who's going to be competing in it. Um, you, you've always spoken about bringing events together and creating a, a cavalcade of uh, opportunities and giving, uh, I suppose, uh, I, uh, what is it, Mission New South Wales or Destination New South Wales, every chance to grab every tourist uh, who wants to come across and, uh, you know, experience the joy of watching a finals or a grand final in Sydney. Um, anything special planned that you're just about to drop on us? No, or, look, as it was you're going to hold, you're gonna hold on to it another few days. Oh, look, we're still working on a few different things, but, but um, yeah, look, it was well documented last week or earlier this week that um, an All-Stars game with Bayern Munich was very, very close to, to landing. Um you know, to the point where we're organising charter flights and the like. So it was it was very well advanced until um, the dates changed and and made it very difficult for us to then to do that game the way we wanted it done as a, a you know to complement um, you know that week long celebration of football. But we've certainly got other things installed that are going to encourage fans to come. We're working hard with the clubs who are still in the competition to ensure that you know, we're we're providing um, travel packages that are specific to each of those teams. That, that really covering planes, trains, buses, automobiles, <laughs> uh, cruise ships, you name it, we've looked at all of them. Um, and and you, we're confident we're going to get some pretty attractive packages if there is a requirement for a travelling club to, to galvanise its fan base and, and experience the grand final. Will Keep Up be the lead vehicle to tell us the latest news? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> keep Up's um, where it's at. You know, that's... That's a platform that we're, you know, continuing to build and grow, and it's going to get better and better. It's still very new. Um, it's by no means perfect, but it's certainly improving every week. Uh, the content in it now is is world class. We have a, you know, really strong content team in house to keep up studios who are behind the all access program. So yeah, look, there's there's a lot lot to be excited about, George. Um, there is uh, one or two questions that I want to raise. 
we're still having problems with the digital arm. Uh, Paramount Plus have have uh, done what they can, 10 as well. But there are times when the systems are letting us down. Are we getting on top of that? Yeah. Yeah, look, it's a challenging one for us because we're sort of arm's length for that. And we yeah. we obviously want the experience for our fans to be. be but well you feel the pain first. Yeah, yeah, we do. But I think, look, the good thing is Paramount is a partner, uh, you know, as it may not seem that way on the outside, but what we do see what they do. Um, behind the scenes to try and move the, the tech stack in the direction they want to, and they've they've committed to doing that. We're confident that it'll get there. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's something they're working on. But aside from that, you know, in terms of the way the games are produced, the way they're covering the game now is, you know, is is really great. We're we're really happy with the partnership. I, I want to ask you, Danny, if, uh, with the the festival of football, uh, I'm thinking about it in the terms of the women's football. Uh, and the the dub competition is the long term goal to have that festival football weekend and have the seasons both line up so it is one whole thing where you know it features both competitions because right now it does tend to skew with in the timeline of the men's competition. Yeah, absolutely, because that's the plan. You know, we we as we continue to invest in women's football with expansion of the competition and extension, importantly, of the competition, which means more match minutes for our young, talented athletes and more playing opportunities because there's more more um, uh, contracts to be to be signed across across the the, the competition. Um, that will naturally mean that the the seasons start to bleed into each other, which is which is ultimately where we want to get to with that that week long celebration of football. You know, this year we. We were able to to dedicate all of our efforts into the women's game, um, which culminated in the fantastic grand final um, last weekend, which saw a record crowd, um, a fantastic football match, and you know a great experience for a lot of young females who probably had never been to an A League women's match before. I thought the second semi that featured uh, Melbourne City um, and 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 victory was like uh, uh, it, you couldn't get you couldn't get a game to to impose that many challenges on two sets of, of fans and, and then provide the epic finish. We saw yeah. a penalty shootout and I'm going, no, no. It's yeah. been that sort of season. Yeah, look, it, it had everything. You know, the, the both the men's and the women's competitions this year have been amazingly close. You know, even the you know the, the Liberty A-League women was – you know, going the last kick of the regular season, really, to determine yep. the makeup of the final series, which was which was phenomenal, and then having the three-time premiers beaten in the opening round of the finals, and and then you know coming back to to beat victory in a in a grand final replay, and 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 sort of get revenge, and and then go on to to win the grand final. But you also had the fairy tale of Western United in their first season, yeah, you know, demonstrating you know the power of the football pyramid when they connected with Calder United to create a team from scratch to see that team go all the way and go close to a Premier's plate, but then make a final series, a grand final appearance was phenomenal. Well, Pakua told me weeks and weeks and weeks ago, uh, watch out for Western United. And I kept thinking, really? Can they sustain George, it? It's a, it's... And she just she just kept prodding me. George, saying, it's just that George, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a believer in MPL Victoria and I'm a believer <laughs> in the talent from MPL Victoria. You know, speaking well, Pakua, of... Pakua is right because, you know, to, to think that half those players in that West United team were playing MPL and never played in the A League women before. It demonstrates there's some great talent out there, both in, in you know, the A League women, but also in the tier below MPL. Do we test it with an All-Stars game, All-Stars A-League against All-Stars NPL? Would that, yeah, frighten, would that frighten the social media world? 
I look, I think it, it came up today. I saw that and thought that would be intriguing. I think it's some, definitely something to think about. Oh, by the way, uh, we've got to hand out a huge kudos to both Adelaide Reds and Perth Glory for staging one of the best A-League games uh, in the West, that 4-4 draw. Um, I kept thinking to myself, am I, am I watching the same game? George, I was the same. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was just if if someone has a problem about the entertainment yeah. value of the A-League, then they didn't see that game because I was watching that with my two daughters and we, we couldn't believe it. It was just a phenomenal game, a phenomenal end, and that many goals and in injury time. Like, it's, um, yeah, it was pretty compelling stuff. And now, of course, we've got Disney, Disney giving us a glimpse of the Matildas behind the scenes. Uh, again, following up from the uh, from the work that that Keep Up has done with your access, um, in, intriguing and setting us up for what promises to be a truly memorable Women's World Cup down under. Yeah, absolutely. The Women's World Cup, I think, is going to be a phenomenon, um, not just for for women's football, but for football in general. Um, you know, I, I don't think. We really understand how big this event is. Um, I think the opening Matildas game at Accor Stadium will have 90,000 people there. Do you hang on, say that again. 90? Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> it'll, fill, it'll fill that stadium and oh. set the tone for the rest of that tournament. It'll be the hottest ticket in town and it'll serve us well. There'll, so there'll be literally hundreds of thousands of young Australians who will go to a women's football match for the first time during that World Cup. And, you know, then it's our job to convert them in and get them attending the A-League women next season because, you know, they're going to be a bunch of those players that wear the green and gold that, that will be in our competition next year. But importantly, every single one of those wearing the green and gold will have come through the A-League women. And that's something we're really proud of and want to capitalise on. Uh, just a random thought: um, Have we have we used our past uh, NSL and A League stars the way we can, or best use them, um, bring them into the fold, uh, not leave anyone behind? Um, is there anything there that excites you that we can do a little bit more of? Because I know that there are still uh, some Matildas who who um, some believe were the originals that have been left out? I know it's not your purview, but are you thinking that maybe we need to bring everyone on board and, you know, reset the bar, not so much reset the bar, but recalibrate to make sure that we bring this game and heal whatever schisms exist? Because I know there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes. I I, I spoke to to Simon, I spoke to others. I I know the, the various federations are starting to come to the idea that there really is only one way to go forward, and that is united. Hundred percent. You know, we're 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 taking on the behemoths of the AFL and cricket and NRL, and we're doing so with a with you know with the media revenues that are you know a small percentage of theirs. So the only way we can win is if we win together. And you know how we unite the football pyramid and work with you know the member federations, the grassroots community clubs, up to the EFA is going to be a key to our success. If we, you know, I know those major. Um, I suppose I call them Commonwealth sports. What they what they look at 
is and what they fear is football getting its act together. And oh, yeah. it'd be remiss oh, yeah. of us as administrators to allow that to happen any longer. And we're really focused on working with with James at the FA and 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 the member feds and the clubs to come together digitally and deliver a you know a, a really important football experience um, for for our, our football community. Um, and that means you know, going back and, and looking at like we invited all those ex Matildas to our A League Women Grand Final. They were there. It was great to see them all there. Um, we need to do the same for our past players and the men men's side as well because, you know, our our game has a had a checkered history, but it's a rich one, and and it's got a the stories all riddled all the way through that that we need to tell. Um, you know, we are the most inclusive sport and the most diverse sport of any, um, and we need to celebrate that, and and that's that's something that we're we're all very mindful of. And we've got a great history. We've just we've just uncovered for the first time in a long long time the Anzac Trophy. Yes, um, uh, and FNR is thrilled to bits because Ian, Ian Sison, one of our very own, started talking about this uh, this trophy that had gone missing, and lo and behold, here we are. Uh, uh, George, the thing well, I like about that is the cricket ashes are a, are a pair. Of, you know, I think the bales. Yep. Um, whereas this ashes was the two captains smoking a cigar in the in the change <laughs> rooms, which is uh, very very a fun. humidor of yeah. some renown. That's that's classic football. I love it. Wow, 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 uh, Danny. Um, thank you very much for giving us um, uh, so much time, uh, and and also uh, giving us a reminder that uh, there are so many things that we can do and need to do, um, and also to help explain uh, some of the things that you've done in the background. Because I know that there are a lot of people, and social media is one of those exceptional uh, platforms where you can take pot shots at people without realizing what work they've done and what work they can do and and what they're putting in to make this game of ours that we love so much even better. And I just thought, let me just set the record straight and remind people that um, you're not an interloper, you're not brand new to this business, you've played a tremendous role with some, biggest, some of the biggest sporting uh, companies in the world and um, you you will help us find a way and we will get the job done. And um, I've been in this caper for an awful long time. I remember when we launched SBS in 1980, people said, ah, what's this multicultural broadcaster? Well, it's still around, um, and it's doing niche broadcasting in a particular way. Uh, but there were many who didn't think we'd survive the first six months. So I'm, I know that there are knockers galore. We we love this Australian um, outlaw um, background that we've had and we love celebrity especially if it's criminal um, and and when I saw the Prime Minister front up at a wedding the other day and on one side there was Johnny Ibrahim and then on the other side there was a convicted drug dealer I thought my god the world is changing around us and no one's told me but um, we've got a game that that is the, the the biggest in the country and sorry the biggest in the world and I remember many years ago, a guy called Ulysses Kokinos, who was a star in the old old NSL and before yeah, that, and he said to me, "We did a celebrity. We had a celebrity game, and Ronald Dale Barassi, the superstar AFL man, had said to him and a bunch of others after they'd played this celebrity game, hey, we have to be very careful because this could be a giant, and it could take over if we don't.'" And make sure that we keep it down. Yeah. And those words resonate to me. And as you touched on earlier, we get we get our, our act together. 
um, anything is possible. Okay, and the yeah, catalyst and, could be this women women's World Cup. Yeah, look, I think there's there's no shortage of work being done, and I appreciate those words. I, I think for us is that you know we'll we'll let our work do the talking ultimately, and you know people just need to realise that we all want the same thing. We all yeah, want right. to be the biggest game in the country at every level. Um, we're going to need to do that sticking together. We're going to make decisions that aren't always popular, but there's usually a, a good reason for them. We're not going to be perfect. We'll make mistakes along the way. But if we all stick together, we will win. I have no doubt about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I appreciate, you know, what you guys do at FNR and, and keeping the game um, top of mind for people. So and appreciate you having me on the show. And we're also breeding that next crop of uh, commentators and, gen- and, uh, and journalists who, uh, who love the game. And all of them thus far, and Pakur is one of them, who's, who continues to grow and, uh, and make a difference. So thank you, Danny. All the very, very best for the finals. Pleasure. Thanks, George. Thanks, Pakur. Appreciate you having me on. CEO of the uh, APL, Danny Townsend, giving us uh, his time and also giving us a, a view about some of the things that they've, they've done this year and his belief that, you know what, if we stick together, we can get it, we can get it done. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, another special guest, the man who led Sydney FC into the women's final, the final of the Liberty uh, A-League women's, and won it for a record time, Ante Urich. <laughs> 